Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Rolling right along here inside the 9 o'clock hour on the fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, taking your calls, talking sports. Let's kind of uh, reset the deck, reshuffle the deck, whatever. Reset the table. We've talked Knicks, trade deadline, Jalen Brunson ankle injury. Pretty much, I think they need to make a trade for another player. I think they need to shut Brunson down this last game, go into the All-Star break, get healthy, but add another piece. I don't know who that piece is, but it doesn't hurt to add another player to help shore up this run. The Brooklyn Nets need to be absolute sellers tomorrow by 3 p.m. Sell off Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie, if anybody will take him and see what you can get. This season is a wash. We started talking Super Bowl and Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes, and it's not just the quarterbacks, but of course it centers around the quarterbacks. I mean, if you have a bad game as a quarterback, you're done, right? I talked about how Jalen Hurts played a great game. But he had one crucial fumble, right? You know, Brock Purdy's going to have to play the best game of his season to beat Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes finds a way, and he's been there before. And, you know, I was reading in the elevator uh, coming up here that the Niners don't defend the tight end well. Well, you're arguably facing the greatest tight end of all time in the Super Bowl. And uh, he's looking to ride off into the Vegas sunset with Taylor Swift. It's going to be a good one, man. I'm just taking the Chiefs and... If the Niners somehow pull it off, I think it's Christian McCaffrey having a 200-yard day and them just not being able to stop him. And the uh, best friend to a quarterback is a good running back. So if the run game is going, Brock Purdy will just have to dink and dunk to Kittle and, and Samuel, and they control the clock like that, and their defense can frustrate Mahomes, which I just don't see. They're not frustrating Mahomes. But I, there is a theory that, you know, the, the Chiefs are a first-half team. They score their points in the first half, then their defense locks it in, and they kind of go to sleep. I don't think they're they're able to do that in the Super Bowl. I don't think you can come out and score two touchdowns, field goal in the first half, and then not have the points in the second half because this Niners team seems to go in at halftime, regroup, and come out ready to close games, whether they're down like they were at home to the Packers and to the Lions. Um, in the Super Bowl, it's a different beast, man. I, I can't wait for the game. We'll, we'll talk a little more about it. The Rangers, I'm not watching the Rangers game. The Lightning just scored. Marco hit you with the update and said they were up 2-0. Now that lead is uh, one as they try to hold off the Lightning. Ross in Bergen County back on the fan. Thanks for holding. Hey, what's up, kid? You know what? I'm actually trying to call in with some, with some positivity for once. You know, I remember last time I called in during a Ranger game, you know, I uh, 
from a week of the century on my end, you know, talking about 2 nothing against, uh, you know, over in San Jose, and that might have went on to be the worst loss of the season, you know, considering this, what, 10, 15-game skid they've been on. That probably took the cake. And now this game, they're up 2 nothing. I'm already, you know, in my head, planning out my call, talking about how Igor should keep his seat warm on the bench because, you know, the last couple of games, we can't trust him to save our lives. And he got quick looking like his 2012 self. And he's still been great tonight. But as you know, as you're about to take my call, you got uh, uh, Cernak or whoever, right, wide open in the slot. And now you got a 2-1 game. And I, I had it muted for like the last 10 minutes, but I see my group chat saying uh, Kenny and Eddie Olchek in the booth were jinxing it, talking about quick had the shutout going for like the first six minutes of the period. But, uh, hey, man, they got to hold it off. They got to keep this lead for like 12 or so minutes left. Looking for the third win in a row in the garden, in front of the garden, faithful. Yeah. Uh, let's let's see. It'd, it'd be interesting if uh, the lightning tied but up. But Amp almost just got a chance right there. Guy broke open uh, through the slot. He got a shot off, but it hit quick uh, quick uh, left pad. But you know, coming off this uh, All Star break, ironically, Igor himself was over up in Toronto for the you know the festivities and everything, and uh, he made a couple good saves. And he, I, I don't know if you watched the game. They have like this unique format, but they had the one game. They actually made a couple saves. People are talking about regaining his confidence, this and that. You know, you take it with a grain of salt. You know, that's basically a gimmick. You want to talk about the NBA game. Well, the Pro Bowl is on another level, but NBA and NHL really are, are just like a comedy show. MLB is really the only one that remotely takes it seriously. But, I mean, if you want to take that, with a, you know, for what it's worth, why not? Uh, he, he First two games right out of the gates against uh, two recent cup winners. You know, Colorado hasn't missed a beat yet, and Tampa kind of cooling off a little bit since those, those two cup runs, but there's still a playoff threat. And Igor doesn't get the crease for either one. You see, Laviolette, uh, before the game, had the quote saying, you know, it's still Igor's net to lose. But, hey, man, that's a statement. You're, you know, you're not talking about throwing your, uh, you know, going into the season, your supposed backups. It's not like you're throwing them out there against, you know, Ottawa and Anaheim. Like I just said, these are two, you know, bona fide contenders in the league. Well, you know, Quick held his own, giving up one against, you know, Colorado's dynamic offense. Good, to, point, good to have the guy. The guy is a legend. Good to yeah. have him. You're going to play him. It's a right? good problem to have. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, I've been getting on Igor a lot. I've been calling him, uh, I don't know if you remember that song from way back then, but now now you're just somebody that I used to know, that uh, one-hit wonder <laughs> way back when, and I was saying that was his Vesna season, because you look at him now, he's a show of himself. But hey, man, if we could get as quick, however old it is, you want to talk about, you know, shave the shirts or now, you know, I don't even want to speak that into existence, because, you know, what an implosion in the postseason, what, you know, what it matters most, but... You know, Scherzer's one full season here in Queens. You know, the age the age didn't matter to him. And, you know, he put out, ironically, put up his best early season ever. You know, it's hard to believe it the way it ended, but statistically, that's what happened. And, you know, if you see Quick so far, he looked like he was, you know, essentially on his way out in Vegas. He got he got a ring for that cup run, but I think he had like five games in the net for, for the night. And it looked like he was pretty much on his way out. And now you got him here coming to his uh, hometown team. And, you know, he's, he's been beyond what they've expected so far. Good. That's when you make a move like that and yeah. it pays off more than you expected. That's a solid move. Uh, what do you got on the Super yeah, Bowl, no, Ross? Yeah, so now real quick, I heard you talking about Vegas before. So, so you never been there before? you never been there your entire life? Intentionally. I, I grew up in Atlantic City. I started going, going to Atlantic City when I was that 16. Sense, yeah. So when you, when you start getting a, a lay of the land in Atlantic City and having some uh, adventures... Uh, down there in Atlantic City always turned on. I know it's not Vegas, but if it's Vegas light, I learned a lot of lessons in Atlantic City yeah. where I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm getting on a plane, right? I could 
I could figure out how to get home from Atlantic City about an hour from where I grew up. But there's no way I'm getting on a plane, going to Vegas, and losing. You know, when I was younger, I had no bread. I had no money, and I had a fear. Like, there were weddings and bachelor parties. I'm like, I'm not going to Vegas and getting drunk and losing every dollar to my name and being stuck out there. So, no. I mean, that makes sense to you put it that way. I'll tell you this, though. You know, me being under 21, you know, you kind of look at Vegas as, even Atlantic City, too, you see, like, there's you really can't enjoy it to the max. But we went out there, ironically, the week before they had the draft out there. I think that was the Sauce and Kayvon draft. So they had the Bellagio fountain shut down and everything because that's where they did it. But, hey, man, it, it is – you want to talk about night and day when you go somewhere in person, the pictures and videos don't do it justice, man. We stayed at Mandalay, ironically, the walking distance to uh, to Allegiant over there. But And the Death Star, they didn't have games, obviously, but we took, like, a tour to it. It's, it's, I'm not even a Star Wars fan myself, but it's legit as advertised as the Death Star, if you've ever seen it. Like, it, it's – I've never seen a stadium itself. It's kind of, and I know they share it here in MetLife, so you're kind of handicapped from the start. But I've never seen a stadium be so marketed towards their home team, like the Raiders. Because they host, you know, they host like you know, uh, concerts and stuff like that. But it's all, the place is genuinely marketed off the Raiders itself. It's nuts. I've never seen anything like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go out there, and it be pool season because they have some of the greatest but, DJs in the world oh, yeah, play the their, their pool club. clubs. Um, stadium swim looks sick. I want to go out there when it's early on in the NFL season. So like September, I would love to go out there for like a pool season, September trip by myself, honestly, not with the wife, not with the kids, not with a group of friends, (laughs) go out there dolo by myself with like at least 10,000 to blow. Hey, even T-Mobile's awesome. If you know you got you catch the day, you, you, you pull an Evan Roberts, you plan a trip around the Devils or something. You got a Devils Knights game over there. I'm telling you, the the the, the uh, surround systems wide as hell. Like I, I've never seen an arena or any venue for that matter have their surround systems like beyond the max volume. It's, it's yeah, insane, I mean, not before long, the stuff. Oakland A's will yeah. be out there. So if you want to make a football right. trip, a hockey trip, a baseball trip. They got it. Uh, it's grown before our eyes. Well, you see, like, you know, a couple of years ago, you can't imagine. You see they got the in-game odds and stuff. They used to frown upon this kind of stuff. I heard, uh, I think it was Boomer brought it up before. I forgot who or what team or, or what person it was, but they were, you know, frowning upon somebody going out to Vegas during the season. Now you got two professional teams there. You got a third on the way, like you just brought up, and you got the NBA made a whole ass, you know, different concept of their season surrounding it. Yeah, and who knows yeah. if they'll have a team eventually. It, it's, so, it's, it's hilarious it's, how in bed they are with gambling, but then they have such strict uh, rules for their players and personnel, it, but they're literally in Vegas, sport. and yeah, I don't know. Amen. Well, real quick, one more, one more thing while you still have me, uh, you know, on the next front, this trade deadline coming up. I know you brought up the other night. I don't, I can't believe people, more people aren't bringing up the coincidence with Frank the Tank, Dap, and OGN. And no, I'm, I am saying and it. BT's been saying it. He, like, you talk about a Maloik. You talk about a guy Dude. switching last season from being Dude. a Nets Dude. fan to a Knicks fan and now Dude. being a, a fake Knicks fan. And I got a ton of respect for for, for Frank. I've had him on my show Frank, like three times. So when we see each other, you know, we, we always it's say so what's up. But, man, he committed a cardinal sin as a sports fan, especially a barstool guy that's in the middle of the public eye in New York, right? So Dude. for him to be sitting courtside – and be repping that Knicks jersey where we all know he used to be a Nets fan. I had him on my Talking Nets podcast like three years ago. That's when you know a team, you know, they, they were beyond brutal. If this guy, you know, he, he probably took 20 years off his life keeping that Mets hat on. He's a Nets. Right. Been a whole this guy is a, a Mets, Dolphins, yeah. Devils fan. 
And it, it was the it's Nets okay. that got him to jump ship and switch. <laughs> and, and that that's his fourth fiddle team. I mean, I think it's it's unofficially the Mets or his go to. So the Nets, I mean, those that was kind of like for me speaking on the Knicks, they're kind of like my bona fide number four. So the fact that that was the team, the first team for him to pull the trigger on, I mean, it's probably because he wasn't. It was like the least IR pick fan, yep, so uh, fandom he had. But still, tank, man, that's uh, when he, he, his things were bad. But Tank, uh, tank put the, some some negative mojo, some type of curse, some type of hex on OG Ananobi's arm. Shook his hand, <laughs> no, pulled his arm too hard. It wasn't and we a hex. Seen... He, I, I think he literally injured it. I think he's the reason why we haven't seen him since. And we I literally have haven't seen him since that video. Dude, I always say the biggest what if is uh, what if NJ Transit wasn't late that opening day, however long ago. We never, <laughs> you can't make it on there. Hey, man, uh, thanks for the comment, uh, for the time. I appreciate it. Ross in Burien County, sharp young guy. That's funny. Yeah, if you haven't seen Frank the Tank sitting, like, I don't know, courtside almost with the Knicks, and he shakes um, OG Ananobi's hand right before he goes – the locker room. That was the last time. Uh, the last time any of us saw OG healthy. And if you believe in, you're a sports fan. You definitely are superstitious. You believe in curses, jinxes. You believe in fandom. What do I always say? Stay down till you come up. You do not switch sides. You don't think there was plenty of times I've wanted to not be a Nets fan, a Cowboys fan. Like, no, you, it 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 is part of it. You go through that, right? Even look at the look at the Detroit Lions fans this year. All they've ever done is lost. And then they get through the first half thinking they're on the way to the Super Bowl, and the team that they love finds the, the way to di- disappoint them the most. Heartbreaking. Are those fans going to jump ship and be Niners fans now? Or what's the closest team out there? The Bears fans now? No. It is what it is. Stay down till you come up. If you're a Mets fan... And the Mets have brought you through it so many years, year after year, and you've stuck with them and you haven't switched to the other side to be a Yankee fan, stay with the Mets. David Stearns is at the helm. I don't know how long it's going to take him to build a winner, but he's a smart guy. He has a plan. He has a, a vision. He was on foul territory today speaking with my guy, Scott Braun. I've been on the foul territory podcast, A.J. Perzinski. Todd Frazier, Eric Kratz, they do a great job. And uh, he spoke about Pete Alonzo. He spoke about uh, the young players on the team, how he wants them to get time to fail and learn at the major league level. I'll I'll pull some, some quotes from uh, David Stearns, and we'll talk Mets a little bit uh, coming up in this hour. Thomas is in Hudson County. Thomas, you're on the fan. Oh, my goodness. Yo, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yo, hey. Keith. I want to say, I want to say you are a breath of fresh air because you just keep it real. You just yeah. keep it gully, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I just uh, try and connect with people that are the same as me, fans that listen to the radio and watch sports and have these conversations. And I don't have anything manufactured or any like I'm just having no. the same conversations we have at work, uh, in the stadiums, um, uh, in our chats, on air. So pretty much building on what you're saying is all these people are talking about the Mets are going to be trash and um, they didn't do enough. What happened when they spent so much money, the whole shit crashed and burned. What they're doing now, I feel like the mixture of the old players and the new players, I think they're going to be decent. I think they're going to be decent. And I feel like 
they're going to be okay. And I don't want now, because it's rough being a Mets fan. It's rough. It's easy to be a Yankees fan, but it's rough being a Mets fan. So if we start doing good, I don't want these bandwagon Mets fans to come out the woodwork and start claiming, oh, yeah, I'm a Mets fan, I'm a Mets fan, I'm a Mets fan. I didn't see you when we were crashing and burning. No, you saw them over the last couple years. You saw them at 101 wins. They were all out. Exactly, exactly. Well, like two years removed from from being and and almost getting there, we did it. But I think that they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. And that's pretty much my take. Can I get a shout-out? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I want to shout out you, of course, because you're doing a phenomenal job. And um, I want to shout out Prestige Lexus in Ramsey. Uh, my name is Thomas Rhodes, T. Rhodes. Come see me for a new pre-owned car. And I appreciate the platform, Keith. You got it, Thomas. Go pull up on Thomas and get you a Lex. <laughs> I thought he was going to shout out his mom's, you know, his kid's birthday. Uh, somebody, I don't know, <laughs> he goes to Mets, Mets games with <laughs> He plugged his business. I can't. I can't knock the player. You got it. Uh, but I've been pretty consistent the last three weeks, and I don't think that the Mets are going to be as bad as everyone says. Whether you hear fans or hosts on this station tell you they're going to be terrible, they're going to be a bottom ten team. What they haven't done anything. Like first off, the fact that they set the expectations low is genius. David Stern's coming in and telling you we're not going to do much, but they actually did. More than you realize. They made a bunch of little moves. They didn't land Yamamoto. So what? Only one team was going to land Yamamoto. Like, we we keep talking about, oh, they missed out on Yamamoto. The Yankees didn't offer him a... Yamamoto was always going to join Otani. And you should have known that as soon as you saw Otani's contract. That was paving the way for his young boy to come over. And I look at the Mets as, okay, the three years that you just saw with Epler, with... Steve Cohen thinking he could buy his way to a championship is going to take at least three years to reverse some of that. But Stearns has a vision. He's destroying what you thought of the Steve Cohen Mets and building it in his own vision. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. It's going to take a while, but be patient. And I don't think you have to be patient as far as sitting through another 75-win season. I think that's a super low bar. I think that... The bar is set more where the Yankees' win total was last year, 82 wins. And if they're on the overside of that 82 wins, they could be a wild card team. In the National League, let's see what happens. I just think that they have a lot of young guys that want to prove something. Francisco Alvarez doesn't get talked talked about half as much as he should be going into his second season on this radio station. That guy's a dog. That guy stays healthy. That guy plays. He's going to help all of your pitchers. He's also going to hit home runs, and he's going to bring the swag and energy that you want in your New York Mets. Francisco Lindor is in his prime. Pete Alonso is in his prime. Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte coming back. Let's see if Jeff McNeil can return to form. Let's see if the other young guys, the baby Mets, and Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, can show themselves. I don't know how long it's going to take for Ronnie Mauricio to get back. It sucks that back-to-back years... You go into the season without a guy that you wanted to see. Last year was Edwin Diaz, but guess what? Edwin Diaz is coming back. He didn't sign that contract to lose. He's coming into the game to lock down games and win. And when you look at this Mets bullpen, if they do get a lead with Brandon Nimmo running into a couple, Lindor running into a couple, Alonzo running into a Harrison Bader, if he can stay healthy, 
your rotation isn't as trash as, as as you think. I understand Severino had a terrible year last year, but if he's healthy, he's a competitor. Any Yankee fan will tell you how fiery he is. I used to call him Sevy Houdini. He'd get into trouble and work out of it. And when he's on, he's touching 99. Kodai Sanga building off of what he did last year. Last year was the adjustment year. He's adjusted. Jose Quintana, put respect on his name and what he's going to do. He only gave you a half a year last year. I, I know Sean Manaya might not get you too excited, but he is an MLB-level caliber starter, and, and Adrian Hauser might surprise you too. They've got guys in this bullpen now where you're not going to watch some of the same guys go out there and blow games like they did last year. If you have a lead, you're going to be in some games. I'm sure there's some names that I've forgotten about. I don't know, a DJ Stewart. Just the fact that you don't have to watch Daniel Vogelback, you should be pumped about 2024. 877 337 6666. Now we're talking Mets. We've already hit the Yanks. Of course, we've done Knicks and Nets. Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is Sunday. Taking your calls, talking sports. We're coming up with the second half of my show right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Second half. Wow. Five-hour KM to AM. We're halfway through. Keep McPherson on the fan talking sports and... I try to hit everything. I try to cover as much as I can cover. We've already talked Nets, Knicks, Super Bowl, mixed in some Rangers conversation, and, of course, the New York Yankees. And last, we were speaking about your New York Mets. I've got more to add to that conversation. Call me up if you'd like to add to the conversation. 877-337-6666. Did they sign J.D. Martinez yet? I mean... One hour ago, MLB trade rumors said that the Mets remain in contact with J.D. Martinez. Andy Martino of SNY reported. And I think that that's the move for the Met fan to say, hey, we're not going to suck. Actually, let's go down and support St. Lucie. Let's support these guys. Maybe we can compete this year. Maybe we can surprise some people. We're not just going to be a last place team. And I was watching the Foul Territory podcast, which I told you about, and I said I was going to go and pull some quotes. So David Stearns went on the Foul Territory podcast today, and he talked about Pete Alonzo. He talked about Mark Vientos. He talked about Yamamoto. So I'll read the quotes in case you didn't catch it. And then if you'd like to go back and search Foul Territory on Twitter, on YouTube, um, you can see David Stearns answer these questions for himself. So on a potential Pete Alonzo extension, He says, 
Pete's a really good player. He's performed on a big stage here for a long time. I know that. We all know that. I know how important he is to our fan base. I think they're I think we're where we are right now and where Pete is, everyone's going to focus on this year. The best thing for us is for Pete to have a great year, and the best thing for Pete is for Pete to have a great year, and then we'll go forward from there. But we're certainly invested in trying to keep Pete a Met, and I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that over time we'll be able to work on that. So basically what he tell, he's telling you is, Evan, like you should never grow out your beard for an extension to happen right now. Like If you would have started the whole beard growing thing a couple months from now, I, like, I don't even know. That just wasn't a, wasn't a good move. Either way, Pete Alonzo is not getting an extension from the Mets. He's going to play out this year. I hope he mashes. I hope guys have his back. I hope he's not hit by pitch 10 different times. I hope he hits 40, 50 bombs and someone pays him. And the thing about the Mets is you have the richest owner in the sport. If they want to keep him, they can keep him. He wants to be here. And then they can pay him. And out of all the teams in Major League Baseball that would overpay a Pete Alonso, he's of the most value to you. 877-337-6666. Now, Yamamoto, you know, it gets me frustrated because we wasted a ton of time here in New York on WFAN online thinking that the battle for Yamamoto was between the Mets and the Yankees. And I was the first one to come on air and say it's not Yamasoto, it's Yamamotani. The writing is on the wall. This guy's coming over here from Japan. Did you not watch the the World Baseball Classic? Like, they just won for Team Japan. They're best friends. They're best buddies. As soon as the structure of Otani's contract came out with the deferred money, him only taking $2 million, I'm like, okay, this is clearing the way for them to pay Yamamoto. I also talked about when Yamamoto was first rumored, we thought that Yamamoto was going to be for the low. You thought you were going to get an ace, you know, for close, not even for the low, but not for what he ended up getting. You thought you were going to get a potential ace for like $250 million, not three twenty-five. And it got too ridiculous. And, you know, shout out to Joel Wolf, Super Joel, as Yamamoto called him, his agent. He played it perfectly. Played it so perfectly. And uh, the Mets went above and beyond. The Mets went the furthest. The Dodgers didn't didn't do what the Mets did. The Dodgers didn't go to Japan and, and take him out and his whole family out to eat. The Dodgers, I don't know, the Dodgers ownership group, did they invite him to any of their houses, their estates? Where they, you know, they they sleep where their family is. No, the Mets did a ton. So I liked what Stearns had to say about the pursuit of Yashinobu Yamamoto. He said, look, we gave it our best shot. I think as an organization, we did pretty much everything we could. I thought it was a good process, a fair process. And ultimately, the player chose to go to L.A., which I respect. But we're going to go through these types of pursuits in the future. And there's going to be times when we land the player. And that will certainly be exciting for us. He's basically telling you, hey, there's going to be some big fish. There's going to be some other guys that we go after the same type of way, right? Because my owner has a jet and my owner has the money. We, it's no problem to go to Japan if if we're seeking an international player like that. It's no problem to invite him to Steve's estate. We didn't get this guy. This guy had his heart set on teaming up with Otani his countryman, the best player to ever come out of Japan, and that's okay. I respect that. He wanted to join a team in the Dodgers who he talked about going to see, 
uh, in the postseason years ago, and he talked about wanting to win. And when you compare the Mets and the Dodgers and you talk about winning, it's a no-brainer why he chose the Dodgers. But that didn't deter David Stearns in his first offseason with the Mets. He he knows there's going to be more. And uh, the other quote that popped up, um, Anthony DiComo did a great job taking these quotes and putting them into one article if you want to read the article. It was talking about the young players, and I actually had my own notes on this, um, just you know, writing with a pen. But he talked about Mark Vientos and some of the young players, and he shared his philosophy, right? Because they asked him a question about, is Mark Vientos going to be your DH? Possibly J.D. Martinez is out there. But he said, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in that we have to let young players play and that we have to allow young players to experience success and set back at the major league level, and that's how we learn, and that's how we get better. So we have to provide room on our roster for that to happen, and that's not only for this year. That's not going to. That's going to be going forward as well. We're going to want to have our young players who have performed well in AAA to have the opportunity to perform in the big leagues and get meaningful playing time. So basically, what he's telling you is, we have star players. We have veteran players in plenty of positions, but we do need to leave spots open in the field and the lineup for our young guys to grow, for our young guys to fail. Baseball is a sport of failure. You're going to fail seven times out of ten, and they're going to say you're great. You're going to commit errors. You're going to get thrown out trying to steal a base. So what? And what Stearns is telling you is that's how these young players come up to the highest level. There is no higher level than that. And when they fail, they learn, they get better, and they're going to leave some room for these baby Mets to become because he sees the vision and how long they'll have these guys before they have to actually pay these guys. And Mets fans, call me up. Tell me what you think about your offseason. Tell me what you think about David Stearns. He's not ducking. He's doing podcasts. He's meeting the media. He's, he's explaining things. And I think when you actually go look at, you know, Jake Diekman and the uh, other Japanese reliever they got from – the Orioles, I, I, I'm blanking on his name, and it's a hard name to pronounce, and, and even Adovino coming back, and some of the other moves that were made early in the offseason. I think if you look at what Stearns did, he did a lot. And you just got to hope that these moves pan out and that, you know, this parlay hits. It's, it's a, a, a nine-leg parlay. You got to hope that it hits. And even if all the legs don't hit, there's going to be a cash-out option if some of it does. So let's go to my guy Mario out in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? You're on the phone. Keith, how you doing? Nice show. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks for joining. You know, uh, I think I had told you I'm a retired banker. So one of the things that people don't really understand is when I hear a lot of people on talk shows saying, you know, like when Alonzo comes, just pay him. You got all the money in the world. But it's also return on investment. So right now, the Mets are paying 100 and, uh, I think $101 million in luxury tax, right? Mm-hmm. So if they sign anybody right now, 90% of that goes to luxury tax. So if they sign somebody for forty million, now your your forty million turns to four million. Now these guys didn't get billions by by burning money, so so it's not like they they could afford it, but they're not going to lose money either. So they're going to be a little tight yeah. because it doesn't make sense. And Pete Alonso just went to arbitration to go along with what you're saying. Why extend Pete Alonso for more money when you can get him to go out there and play in the twenty million that he's making? And uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, but then you know you know what to your. Uh, to your point, what what the challenge then is is if he plays the and he plays well, if somebody goes overboard and wants to pay him a ton of money, they're going to get him because yeah, he's but not you have, have the richest money, owner. He can always world. match or beat it, 
And I think that, that Pete Alonzo being Mr. Met, he has the most value to you. So I wouldn't even fear that. Now, what I would fear is if they really want him or not. What I would fear is if he has a down year or not. Like, because then, you know, he could be good as gone. I think he should retire as a Met. But I wouldn't fear that, hey, if he goes out and kills it, the Chicago Cubs are going to come as the highest bidder. No, no one can outbid Steve Cohen. Right, but if he's still in that luxury tax problem, does he want 90% of that money going to tax? I mean, it's a tax that they created for him, and I think he'll 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 eat it to keep Pete Alonso. If Pete Alonso is leading the league in homers and the fans are saying, hey, we got to have Pete retire a Met, we lost to Grom, you know, I think it'll all make, you know, it'll all... Um, figure itself out. We'll we'll know in a few months. Didn't he? Didn't he get that uh, Keith? Didn't he get that uh, guy Boris too as his agent? So he's got a guy who's really a money sure, hungry agent, right? Sure. But right now, Scott Boris has got a bunch of guys just floating around out there, right? A lot of guys that he represents: Matt Chapman and uh, Blake Snell, a couple other guys that are, uh, Jordan Montgomery. I think you know Scott Boris has a few clients that are just kind of floating around out there right now with nowhere to sign. And and we'll see we'll see if the baseball bond villain gets all the money. But um, yes, he did sign with with Scott Boris because he wants to get paid. He's seeking three hundred million dollars. I don't think he's getting that. But someone someone is going to take care of Pete Alonso. They don't they don't make too many Pete Alonzos in Major League Baseball. Yeah, Keith, can I throw my Nick point and then I'll let you uh, listen to your answer and have a good evening. Yep. Okay, so my Nick point is I think they should go get after this Murray guy. I, I think he's available. Uh, the guy for, is he from Atlanta? Dejounte Murray. He's really good. I was watching his highlights on, on YouTube. Arguably the best player available at this trade deadline. Very interested to see where he lands. He can change a team's fortunes. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it could really change a team's fortune. And one thing I could never understand, and then I'll, I'll listen to your answer and let me go. They let the ball, a lot of times when they inbound the ball in basketball, you see they let it roll and they don't touch it. Yeah. Until it gets to half court. So the clock doesn't start, and the eight-second clock doesn't start. So that allows the offense to get a full 24 seconds after half court. Why wouldn't they move up and make the guy pick the ball up so by the time they get past half court, they only have like like 18 seconds left or 19 seconds left? You're in a better defensive position if you only have to guard for 19 versus 24, you know? I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they don't force the guy to pick it up. Yeah, well, they don't want it to be a defensive liability. Also, it, it's done so much in the NBA. There's like a courtesy. I don't know. Too, too many guys don't try and do that because let's say you miss or the guy picks the ball up, then it's a five on four and uh, could be you're at a disadvantage. Could be. Nice talking to you. Have a good evening. Thanks for the call, Mario. I'm in here watching the... Golden State Warriors have their way with the Sixers, man. The Sixers, they're beat on the whole Joel Embiid front. This game's going to be over soon. Warriors are up 106-85. Let's check in on the Rangers right now. Rangers got to win. 3-1 over the Lightning. That's three wins in a row, I believe, starting off the second half the right way. 87-7, 33-7, 66-66, taking your calls on the Knicks. On the Rangers, the Mets, the Yankees, the Nets. We're talking New York sports. This is Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. About three hours down. KM to AM on the fan in New York. Talking sports. As we get closer to the NBA trade deadline, not knowing what the Knicks or Nets are going to do. As we get closer to the Super Bowl, not knowing if the Chiefs are going to go back-to-back, or if the 49ers are going to add their sixth ring. I need baseball season. 
I need spring training, birds chirping, the ball hitting the bat, the ball hitting the mitt. We need it. So we have some real tangible things to latch on to. Keep McPherson on the fan. Taking your calls at 877-337. A six is six and two more sixes, man. Going to go live on the TikTok for my youngsters that like to see the behind the scenes here at the fan. Going to start that up at 10, probably go two hours live till 12. Let's see if I can fit another call in right here before we get to the 10 o'clock break and update. Richard in Manhattan's been waiting for a bit. Richard, you got it. Hi, Keith. Keith, uh, supposedly, and I've been hearing, you've been hearing, the Knicks have been offering the Nets five first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges. Now, it may or may not be true, but there are a lot of people, would Knicks fans, who would want that trade, especially Mikhail Bridges uh, is from Villanova and three other players on the team are from Villanova. Do the but Knicks have it, five first-round picks to offer right now? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I've been all over it. Obviously, I'm a Nets fan. Womp, womp, womp. I do the Talking Nets podcast, which has become a chore. And my feeling is, you know, we've heard that Multiple teams have offered first-round picks down the road. Specifically, not even the Knicks, which there's zero chance that the Brooklyn Nets will trade Mikael Bridges to the Knicks to complete their whole Villanova Wildcat team and, and, and propel them on to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's zero chance that Sean Marks will do that. There's too much pride and ego between the owner and GM over there. They would never do that. But the Houston Rockets offered the Nets back their own picks that they gave up for James Harden. A couple years ago. And they're not even entertaining that. So if Houston's basically saying, hey, remember you gave us these picks to get James Harden and that was a complete fail. Well, here's an opportunity to recoup some of those. Send us Mikhail Bridges and they're not entertaining that. Then they're, they're not entertaining anything for Mikhail Bridges. Keith, but here's my point. I would say Mikhail Bridges, who's never been an all-star, is in the range of a David Lee. You remember David Lee on the Knicks. Of course. As far as ability. Maybe a little I bit think better. He's better but around but, that kind yeah. of ability. Or if you want to go back even further. It depends who he's with. It depends. Yeah, you know. well, that's not my point, but I'm just saying. What's the point? In the old days, you wouldn't even consider trading five picks, number one picks, for a player who was never an all star. Never would you ever consider that. Five number one, that's how valuable number one picks were. My point being, like the running back in the NFL, number one picks in the NBA have really been devalued. Yeah, because they don't really mean that much anymore. A lot of these guys don't turn into anything, and the Knicks know that especially. They've smoked a lot of number one picks. Correct. Isn't that interesting? I mean, this is a guy who has never been an all-star. Now, of course, he has more value to the Knicks because he played a Villanova and three players are on the team who played a Villanova. He's got a ton of value to the whole league. There's a lot of teams checking on him, not just the Knicks. Thanks for the call, Richard. That's what what I'm trying to say to you is multiple teams have checked in with the Nets for him. Even last year when the Nets got him, teams were trying to trade for him with the Suns. Then even when he got traded to the Nets, teams were like – because he is – a great number three option. He's a three and D wing who has a great mid-range shot and can shoot the three ball. He can defend. He's young. He's an Iron Man. 
he literally doesn't miss a game. There's a ton of value in a guy like Mikael Bridges. And that's also why the Brooklyn Nets are trying to build around them. But they, they can't build anything. These guys, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. But there's a ton of value in a Mikael Bridges. He was just in the NBA Finals a few years back with the Suns. And I think if, if he was on a, a contender, he'd be a great number three and maybe an all-star. But he's stuck in Brooklyn. They got him in the KD trade. They're not letting him go. So much so they they signed his roommate, his best friend, Cam Johnson, and they think Cam Johnson is something. And I don't know. They're they're willing to, you know, pass on trading him for picks. Let's see what they do at the deadline. Coming up, coming up tomorrow afternoon. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's go to the 10 o'clock break update. When we come back, we'll mix in some more stories from the Super Bowl, maybe some more things with uh, David Stearns, the Mets, the Yankees, so we get the baseball conversation in. And, uh, of course, we'll talk a little bit of Rangers as well as the Rangers beat the Lightning 3-1. to KM to AM returns right after this. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.